on the Rebel Sports Network. From Learfield, this is the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. This is your home for the UNLV Rebels. Now, here are your hosts, Caleb Herring and the voice of the Rebels, Russ Langer. All right, here we go. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Russ is out today. It's Cofield in. Caleb Herring is here and also uh, additional sideline reporter, tech whiz John Von Tobel is on board with the coach, Marcus Arroyo. Coach, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing? We're good. We want to get into uh, what's going on this week and prep for a short week against New Mexico, but let's look back early in the show at the Utah State victory. Uh, what was it like after the game in the locker room? Because I was standing outside waiting for you to you know, do media availability, and it sounded pretty raucous in there after that win. Yeah, man, that was, that was, a, that was a VIP party. That was a, <laughs> it was a good time, man. It was, it was, the guys were excited. Uh, yeah, that was invite only, man. That was, it was, it was awesome. It was really good to see our guys playing with that type of confidence to be able to, to go up there and, 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 and win on the road versus the reigning champs. Um, after they had a bye week to begin conference, uh, coming off a big win, stacking a victory. I mean, there's a lot of things there that are going to, that feed into, to, to what you want as a winning culture and program that, that, you, that you hope to develop early in stages of a season, because, um, they'll be the fruits of a lot of labor and they will be the fruits of a lot of other things moving forward. I think there's a, an example of maturity in the locker room throughout the course of the game up at Utah State. Uh, the Aggies didn't go away quietly. It wasn't an easy game. They fought their tails off. And there was points in the game where, you know, as a spectator, you're thinking that's got to be a knockout blow. That's got to be it. That picks the one that's going to make the Aggies fold. But what does it say about your locker room and the maturity that in spite of – the Aggies' efforts to fight and claw back into the game, they still were able to get out a win on the road, like you said. Yeah, no, it, it, it is, Caleb. It's such a, it's such a good uh, a lesson for us and because, you know, us as coaches, we preach a lot of things. Um, you were in the locker room. You heard it. We, we talk in a lot of different, in a lot of different um, you know, generalities and sometimes examples and sometimes really direct because we've just been in so many of these situations. And to have things continue to rear their head and to be able to say, okay, this is what we talked about. Let's see how we respond. And to see guys recognize it and have the focus and have the intent to have the physical and emotional toughness to not let an environment or a foreign place dictate your performance or standards. Um, that's just when you start seeing a team that believes instead of just hopes. They, they believe they're going to win regardless where they're at. They believe where they're at, that they're going to win regardless of what may happen early. They believe instead of just hope things are going to work out. And, and, and I think that, you know, I told them afterwards, I said, guys, you got to recognize, I'm going to let you know right now, we lost that game a year ago. We lose this game because we were in that situation six times last year. And I don't know if we were, if we were mature enough or long in the tooth enough to know we got to believe and understand you're going to win this game. And I think last year there was a lot of hope in the first full season together. And now we've spent so much time on that and so much energy and and focus on how to how to be in that situation, man. It's just really good to see that in our team and, and to fight there uh, and, and to come out victorious. One of the points that I've always, as a player and, you know, post my playing career, where I can see the intensity and focus in a group is the pregame walkthroughs on the road. And as a player, I used to love seeing and knowing that the team was locked in in those morning walkthroughs, or as Steve Cofield calls it, the, the calisthenics 
uh, early in the morning. There. <laughs> that, was twi- that was a Twitter reference. Uh, you know, I'm closer to the age of uh, Jack LaLanne oh. than, than you young guys, you know. So, so the calisthenics in the morning and, and the, the clap drills oh, or the trail drills, oh. the chair drills and stuff that goes on. Uh, as a coach, I, I know as a quarterback, I would love to see the guys locked in. Uh, but as a coach, do you? I, you're very observant uh, when you're watching those. And we got a chance to see you after some breakfast. You got the team was out there, you know, getting locked mm-hmm. in. What does that tell you? And I think the ability to do that and execute that walkthrough in the morning on the road. How important is that? Yeah. So uh, uh, to paint a picture, when we got what we call a primer. Um, we don't we use calisthenics. I don't even. I, I think that it's <laughs> hot. I, I I would probably tell my team that they would look at me like I had five heads. Um, <laughs> We call it a primer, like like we had on our, our 75 El Camino SS before you put a nice cherry paint on it. Um, <laughs> that's our, our central nervous system primer. We get going, we get up, we get guys activated. Um, and, and the intent there is just to stimulate our body and mind before. If it's a, if it's a later game, we can't just lay up in the hotel. You know, we're up early at 8 a.m. You lay around till 3 o'clock. There's just uh, – I think there's a lot of things that, that, that we do and a lot of things – and we're not the only ones. A lot of people do it that way. You know, you were talking about how you've done it before. I think – getting up and getting a quick flash of some stuff and, and really having to dial in and get into the game plan and talk through some stuff with some really good intent for about 30 minutes openers, some situational ball and get things lined up to get us firing a little bit. So uh, really healthy for us. It, it gets us, it gets us centered real fast, fast before we get there. And um, we, you can get a lot done if there's, if there's really good intent, I've been a part, I haven't been a part of any bad ones, but I know there's bad walkthroughs and that's just guys going out there punching punching the clock and going, all right, let's just get this over, waiting to get back up in the room and go watch you know, the rest of uh, college football in the morning. But uh, our guys, don't they know that's not what we're about when we do that, and I think we get a lot out of it. So that definitely comes in handy because we anticipated coming into the game with where the Aggies are as a program, it could potentially be a hornet's nest. And the energy that that team was going to bring to kick things off in that stadium at home, trying to rectify the season, so to speak, uh, could be intense, and it was. And I think that warm-up in a lot of different ways helped to kind of settle the nerves of that early punch thrown by the Aggies. How did you think the team responded uh, essentially walking into the hornet's nest that the Aggies had in those early downs? Yeah, no, I, I think they did a nice job. I think that we as, we as coaches, and, and if you've ever been part of you know, things like that where coaches are trying to really crank it up, like you guys have been out there practice, you've seen how crazy I am sometimes in something that may seem pretty casual. It, it's for stuff like that. It's It's to try to catch the guys off guard. It's to try to get them – spiking to that point where they can be in that zone of being on that, 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 that sweet spot of being really uncomfortable and kind of freaked out and comfortable and out out of control. So it's kind of that, I got, we do that a lot in practice. You're trying to create that, that hornet's nest or that, 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 uh, that kind of uncomfortableness about it and catch them off guard so that they're comfortable in the chaos. And that's what it was. And our guys know, and I try, try to tell it to them. They had no flinch. They knew it was coming. They're much more mature now than, than ever before. Um, they knew they were going to swing back and they knew it was going to be chippy. They knew it was going to be a little bit. Um, I told them before the game, these guys are a little manic, you know, in a lot of ways. And you're going to have to leap number, number one, hang in there. Number two, not give in and lower our standards to that type of play. So you saw it a little bit, but I thought at the end of the day, our guys really rallied around that rallied and, and pushed through that stuff. So Marcus Arroyo radio show, Cofield, JVT and Caleb Herring with the coach, Marcus Arroyo. I, you know, and I thought early in the game, you guys took multiple punches because not only did Utah State score, but then there's these situations where all of a sudden the battle for field position emerges and, you know, they had a great punt that had you backed up and that that's an important part of winning games is in those situations when you're inside your own five, not to make a mistake. There's no doubt. There, there's no doubt. Uh, 
Steve, that's a, that's a huge thing we've talked about on in, in our strength profile right now is we've done a really good job of, of field position changing, whether we started back and turned it over. Last year we didn't um, do that as well as we needed to and, and probably could have flipped a couple of those games. We use the example all season of, of San Diego State, what they did with their punter to flip the field. Um, that game created some of those situations, you know, and I think our maturity – um, and, and where we were at and understanding what needed to get done in those situations showed. Um, and it, it was really good to see that, that the action of it, the confidence the discipline guys had in that moment. How, how hard is it not to adjust as a coach when, when you're in those situations? I know you don't want to be limited as a play caller, but when mm-hmm. you're in those situations backed up, the reality of it is you have to change up a little bit, right, slightly, at least those initial downs. What is the mindset coming into those drives? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends how depends where you're really at. I mean, you got to be smart. I mean, I, I'm, I'd be plenty guilty early on and earlier days of probably being at times maybe too cautious. I think um, you guys have seen 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 me call games recently. You've seen it when we're more confident. You've seen other places I've been at when we've got we've got the system running. I'm pretty aggressive, um, but they've got to be smart. You got to be able to create some space um when our guys know that they i think that they play and understand you know that i'm aggressive they're, they're actually asking for certain things in the huddle i'm like well you gotta calm down there big boys um you know and i think that you just got to be smart in a lot of those moments and say okay at worst we're going to turn the field over at best we're going to go 95 yards like we've shown before and uh and, and i'm just uh, again my hat's off to these guys for understanding that, that when i when i when we act that way and we're that that aggressive and that um, proactive and saying, hey, we're going to go the distance. We're not going to just take 10 yards, pump this out, and put the punter out there. Um, our guys are, are, are living that. There's, no, there's, a, there's an absence of fear in some, in some way. You know, a lot of people are looking at this UNLV team off to a three-in-one start, and they're like, can they deal with prosperity? And I know you addressed it, and we're going to have you do it again. Uh, Aiden Robbins mm-hmm. did as well in terms of drive. Listen to Aiden Robbins from Monday talk about why he and the team are very much motivated. Well, nothing's really changed, you know, from the day I stepped foot here to, to now. You know, a lot of the guys in the locker room have a ton of scar tissue from, from the past. And, you know, me too, I, I as well have a chip on my shoulder. And so we just continue to carry that every week. And although, you know, we're becoming the hunted, we're still the hunters. Yeah, Coach, you, you used that term on Monday as well, scar tissue. How mm-hmm. much does these last two years kind of help your team maintain its focus now that there has been some early success this year? Well, I think that... You know, you do this long enough. I mean, it's just, you know, going bumping on 20 years. You do this long enough. You've got so many examples yourself as a coach that, that you fall to. Um, and, and you're so you're so aware that, that everything builds from prior lessons. And uh, I think there's anything I learned from my mentors and been lucky to be around some of, in my opinion, some of the best there are. Um, they did such a good job of, of using the pictures that were very visceral and very, very memorable to their to the advantage of the group and, and paint pictures of of things that were going to come again and you need to be ready. And I think that we've really tried to keep that grounded, humil- humble kind of attack and mindset in regards to not letting things on the outside get in and not letting the peripheral stuff or the, or, or, or the, the, the things that don't really matter uh, to winning or losing get in the way. And, and we've used those examples and lessons to our advantage. And, 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 and now we've, we've learned to handle these things that are coming up again. And I think that you know, as a teacher, you hope that those those lessons that you learned and you talked about and you gave, when they come back up, that guys have them in their memory bank. And I think if you just, you know, you got to do a good job as a, as a coaching staff and as a program of making the things and what is what's important, important, and keeping the main thing the main thing. And and guys will remember it. And I think that the scar tissue we talk about is the fact that football is not complicated, man. There's there's a, there's a handful of ways to win it, a handful of ways to lose it. And if we keep that at the forefront, those are going to come again. And when they come again, you'll be ready to ready to be at bat. And uh, 
they came, they're coming again. They've come in every game and, and our guys remember them like they're very vivid because we talk about them so much. And so to stay humble and, and remember that, that it's only, it's one or two plays here and there, they could flip it. Um, and to keep the chip on our shoulder and understand the mindset of the rest of the people looking at us or the people we're playing or um, all those things there, you know, there's a little bit of coaching in there, you know, a little psychology, but I think, I think that's important because that is reality. There's, there's a lot of respect left to learn, to earn here. And I, and you can't get comfortable because you think you did some good things, right? People, you know, you got to behave like champions before you're champions and you got to do it on a consistent basis every day. You got to stay humble. You got to stay focused on you. Otherwise, it's really easy for all that stuff on the outside to seep in, good or bad. And, and that's the, kind of the point now that I'm trying to teach these guys. And I told them before, I said, this is going to flip. And when it does, there's going to be a whole new lesson. It, it's, it, it's almost easier to get to the top than it is to stay, guys. And, and so, but the, but the work is the same and as far as what you got to get done. It's just got to be 1% better. And you got to be focused on how you can do things. I mean, I had a meeting this morning and I went back and showed them eight plays from last week that – Hopefully, in the last 48 hours, we haven't got comfortable forgetting because we're going to go out here today. We're not here today, and and guys had to get after it. And I said, hey, if in the last 48 hours you forgot about these eight plays, you don't got a plan today to work. You just came out here to punch the clock. And so I just try to keep everything in front of a man and keep them grounded keep in, in, for all of us. And I'm, I'm right in that as well. Everybody is because there's just uh, there's a lot of good things going, and I want to make sure that we're, we're doing the work. It's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show, brought to you by SNWA. Rebel fans, Lake Mead is at historic lows. Change your watering clock to the three assigned days per week now through October. It's the law. Find your fall mandatory watering days at SNWA.com. We'll take a break here. We want to continue on the theme of the hunted and the hunter. It's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. The coaches here, John Von Tobel, Caleb Herring, Steve Cofield. John, I know you wanted to build on the uh, hunter versus the hunted and what the world now sees when they look at UNLV football. Yeah, coach. so you know, I'm not sure how familiar you are with it, but you did mention on Monday that you're not one to be blind to uh, perception uh, of your team and for others. Uh, you guys are, think now, are officially the hunted. I don't know if you know this. You are 14-point favorites over New Mexico on Friday. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't look at that very much. Um, I know the fact. I, I just, you know, there's enough to go around. I'm not, also not blind. Um, I'm, 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 I've got an idea and a pulse on things that are going around. I know we're a good football team. Um, I know that we've come to a point now where, where there's going to be a swing. And uh, I just got to make sure you know, that the, the key is to make sure these guys haven't been in this situation. Uh, they may have been in this in high school, some of them. And I remind them that too. This is, this, don't think that this is something foreign to you. You just may not have been that uh, woke to it. I think that you just got to make sure that that you're you're still you know you're still certain and you don't become the uncertain hunted prey. You don't you're not understand that you're you have to be you know fidgety or insecure. You got to be aggressive. You got to be proactive. You got to be confident. You still got to be hungry. That's the key. And and so I'm just trying to bring that back into there into there. You're going to get everyone's best shot, man. You're going to get all the fakes. You're going to get the fourth down goes. You're going to get you're going to get some different looks. Um, you know, and I think you're going to get usually an aggressive group that comes in and, and their number one key is to is to knock you out that night. And uh, and so you just got to keep that mindset. I don't think we'll have any issues with that. I know um, I, 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 I won't I won't be the one to, to make sure that I'll be able to make sure they're not they're not have that. And uh, and that's and that's hard. It is. There's a there's a scheme to that, too. 
Let's talk about the wide receivers and their performance in this last game and then moving forward because we have some injury situations to talk about with UNLV football. Uh, fire this one, uh, Danny, is Kyle Williams had a, a couple of massive catches in this game. And faking the pitch is Brumfield. He's going to go for the home run ball. Far side of the field. Got a man open. Kyle Williams makes the catch and goes out of bounds right near the 30-yard line. First and goal from the six. Brumfield throwing for the end zone. And the pass is caught by Kyle Williams for a Rebel touchdown. Over the shoulder catch. Great pass. The field fade in the red zone. The timing of the release. Patience by Kyle. And then one of the things that a lot of receivers have shown, late hands on that that red zone fade ball. Um, talk a little bit about that and Kyle's development in, in terms of that and the offensive chemistry on display there when, when you have a, a play perfectly timed up, perfectly executed like that in the red zone. Yeah, no, I, the guys are playing catch um, at, at a high rate right now and doing, doing a nice job. There's actually a couple of drops in there that were uncharacteristic of a couple of those guys, but uh, they're doing a good job playing the catch. It starts back in practice. It starts, is there, and you've done this, Caleb. You know there's a, there's a pat and go early in practice that most guys run that a lot of teams are really casual with. We're not. Um, I am a complete maniac on the first three balls of practice because, well, I just know. I, I've been in those cleats. I know what it's like. There's there's a there's a there's usually a uh, sometimes an, an atmosphere of casualness in that first ball and a layup. And like I'm going to get loose. I'm going to ease into practice. And and I absolutely crush that to them. I, they, they know that the first ball I am like anal about. And so it just drove the standard in regards to how I play catch. We did not. Uh, we first got here. I don't. I think we were probably ten percent on pat and go in those days. And I, I tell you, that was that was a tough pill, pill to swallow. But I, but that that's the work. And now we've got we've got operational stuff that shows that guys are going to be able to put the ball in the right spot at the right time. Red zone fades are a big deal because the the distance and timing is all con, all constricted. And to get that ball off, that was a perfect ball on what we call the red line that's painted between the bottom of the numbers and the sideline. Perfect over his shoulder. He held the line off. And then the late hands coaching point that you're mentioning is a fact for the receivers to make sure that they're shooting their hands to the ball at the instance that's most important. If you shoot them early, number one, you're going to slow down. Number two, you're going to give the defensive back the opportunity to play through your hands earlier and really have a chance to play to, to, to break the ball up. So uh, it's a learned trait. It's obviously a skill. Um, and our guys have developed it really well. Brumfield back to throw, looking, steps up, fires in the near side. The pass caught by Weimer, who's pushed out at the 35. That is close to a first down. And there's a flag in the backfield in the position right near Brumfield's feet, potentially roughing the passer here. We'll see what the call is. First little foul, hands into the face, number nine of the defense. Yeah, so some of the uh, undisciplined play there by Utah State. Excellent catch by Weimer. Uh, now you are dealing with the need for depth at wide receiver, and you rebuilt that room. So I know Kyle Williams is day-to-day. -day. looks like Weimer's going to be down for a little while. Yeah, no, it's unfortunate, man. Those those are two guys who are real are real key to our to, to our success and our movement right now. And but those are injuries that that are gonna that, that happen in every sport and, and specifically in football where you know you got to be able to have some depth and build some depth. I thought we've recruited well. We've got a couple guys that are gonna have to step up. Uh, a few guys that step up because you need backup roles as, as well. So um, those guys are gonna have to step up and play well. And, and and we're gonna have to get Kyle and Jeff as healthy as we can, as fast as we can. And uh, that's going to be part of, of you know, how, how things go in sports. And so um, those guys are up for the task. They had a, a good, they've had a good week. They've been focused. Um, they're going to be excited. And so uh, it's going to be our job to put them in the right place at the right time with Doug and for him to get the right time. I'll ask both of you guys first, Caleb, then, Coach. You both played quarterback in college. So for Caleb, what is it like when you have to start going to the two and the three line at receiver in terms of trust? 
It's tough when it's the first time you're doing it, right? Like if, if this game coming up was the first time that they were out there together on the field, I think this is one of those cases where maybe the quarterback competition of the fall allowed exposure to those extra reps with the twos because you weren't always with the ones. So the chemistry is there. And then going back to the offseason, it's important as an individual to get those reps as well, right? When it's individual workouts, don't get too comfortable passing to one guy. And I think that's a mature thing for a lot of quarterbacks to understand and realize. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to trust that they're in tune with the system, regardless of who it is. And once you establish that trust, it doesn't matter one, twos, or threes. If everybody's on the same page out there, um, it's, it's not that big of a difference. Obviously, everybody's capable physically of, of certain different things that they're good at, catch radius, whatever the case may be. But I think it's one of the things in preparation as a quarterback you have to have the understanding coming into a season. It's rare to come out 100%, right? It's rare that you're not going to have injuries. So being comfortable with the ones, twos, and sometimes even the threes is, is important to the position. Coach, you want to talk more about Nick Williams and Seneca McKee and uh, even Zyle Griffin? Yeah, I mean, those guys, you know, those guys have done a nice job understanding that, the, that they're a huge part of what we do throughout training camp and throughout offseason, um, going all the way back to spring, you know. And, and now, you know, it's one of those deals where you tell the guys all the time, it's the next man up, and you never know when your number's called or your number's called. And so um, those guys are those guys are mature guys. Nick Williams is a mature guy. He's been around a lot of football, obviously, getting here um, as a transfer Seneca as well. Um, they've all jumped into a program with, with really high demands and expectations, and they've uh, they've elevated their game. Now they've got to go do it on, on, on a game day in conference. And so that's going to be where the chemistry and the timing and, and all that preparation is going to have to pay off. There's going to be some uh, there's going to be some pearls. It'll be a little bit of there'll be a little bit of uh, stuff going on there just for those guys to get to get, you know, obviously, uh, lathered up but i think that they'll do a they'll do a nice job and i think that you know we're going to coach them no differently coaches other guys and, and, and then i think they'll, they'll they'll slide right in you talk about getting lathered up i'd assume it's an extra challenge on a shorter week with one fewer day to get those guys acclimated to what uh, their new roles are going to be no yeah no they're, they're, that's a, that's accurate one less day to kind of get in there and, and and to get the thing going um a practice they've had a lot of practice reps so there's you know there's this is going to be the first time they're going to be truly in, in the bulk of the game so uh, but that is what it is, right? I mean, there's going to be uh, – there's, there's no excuse for that. It's going to be something we're going to have to adapt, and, and guys are going to have to see how they play together. I'm excited for those guys to grow together. We're going to need them down the, down the stretch throughout the season and, and, and for time to come. So uh, whether it was now or whether it was later, they're going to be called on. Marcus Horeo Radio Show is brought to you by Pueblo Medical Imaging. The friendly staff of Pueblo Medical Imaging is eager to take care of all of your radiology needs and offers same-day, next-day availability with – Top-of-the-line, state-of-the-art equipment. They're open seven days a week with early morning and evening appointments to accommodate all patient schedules. Step aside here. We'll make the uh, transition to defense as you're listening to the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Shotgun formation for Doug Brumfield. He takes the snap. Two-step drop. Looking. Passing over the middle. The pass is complete. Williams at the 35 up to the 39-yard line. A 29-yard reception in the clutch for Nick Williams, who came off the bench, and it's a first down for the Rebels. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, continuing on with the coach, Marcus Arroyo, UNLV off to a 3 and one start. Remember, game early this week, Friday, 8 o'clock at Allegiant. You can grab your tickets at UNLVtickets.com. Nick Williams with the catch there, coach. And I had a chance to speak with Nick for about 10 minutes. We've got it up on our uh, podcast, UNLV All Access, so one-on-one with Nick. And I'm always fascinated by the corners of this country where you're pulling players from. When I first saw Williams commit back in April, I'm like, what? CSU Pueblo? How did you find this guy? You know, we had a uh, 
Well, we're, we're really thorough. You guys know that we're, we're pulling guys from where we can. We've got, I've really been impressed with the way we've uh, obviously been, been aggressive and finding guys wherever we can, especially with this portal and this transfer transfer deal. Nick's a guy who showed up across the radar with, with a bunch of traits. Uh, we had him on a radar early on and we thought he was going to a power five school. Uh, and they were sniffing around. We thought he was set up to do that and they backed out. And then we, so we circled back and, uh, and, and rewatched the film, had a conversation with him and uh, really developed a strong relationship with him. At, at this point, he doesn't have the volume as far as catches or receptions, but it seems like he has a knack for third down and being available on third down. He mm-hmm. had a couple last week against North Texas, excuse me, two, two weeks ago. Then that big one there, um, coming out of your own end zone, making that big catch, just making himself available. Is that something that you can say as for a receiver is something that's just a natural kind of knack for finding openings? Or is that something you can coach up and develop and, and, and really hone in on as he develops as a player? Probably a little bit of both, Caleb. I mean, he's got number. He does have some playing experience. You know, he's played in some games, playing some football. So, so the so landscape and maybe the, the speed may be a little faster than before. But I think being in the game and being in situational football and being at and being asked to be the guy, he ha, he hasn't been shy of that. Um, and then to be able to to have the the strength and speed and durability and knowledge and discipline to be where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. That's that's the thing that showed up the fastest is is his discipline and knowing where he needs to be because that's the thing that that early on young receivers. They, they hurry up, they cut the route, they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't trust the timing or they don't know the timing. And, uh, and Nick's maturity in, in that has shown, and that's why you've seen him on, on some of these critical downs where he's exactly where he's, he's exactly where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. And so that's why I think he, his value is going to be going to be really good early on. I think on that third and seven, uh, just watching the understanding of trusting your quarterback as well, something that I, as a quarterback, experience receivers not trusting where the quarterback places the ball. I thought that third down was a, a well-placed ball by Doug. Kind of slowed him down from getting into the oncoming coverage, made him pivot around. Yeah. But the absolute trust that Nick had in the quarterback, how vital is that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the timing, the trust, the knowing the chemistry of each other, and then the ball placement. You know, I mean, it's we coach a little bit different here. With, I shouldn't say a little bit different. We just we have a, a probably a, a different way to look at it sometimes. And these guys in that room know I'm. It's not about completions. Like that. That's 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 the that's the basics completing the ball is the basics that's what you're that's what you're here to do ball placement now now that's the that's the grad course where's the ball supposed to be where when and what timing marcus arroyo radio show with john von tobel steve cofield caleb herring and of course the coach is here today it's presented by eos up your gym game at eos fitness a proud partner of unlv you can join today for as low as 9.99 per month go visit or join online join eos.com eos fitness better gym Better price. All right, Caleb, let's turn to the defense. So some adjustments I saw subtly, and I don't know, I don't want to be giving too much away here, uh, but some of the <laughs> mm-hmm. schematics I noticed a change in the secondary, um, not personnel, but just position on the field. It seemed like there was a, a much more concerted effort to keep Cam Oliver and Noel Williams as true side corners, like right side, left side, as opposed to switching field and boundary. Um, and I, my initial thought was that the potential for the Aggies to go tempo and their formational challenges that they present with their wide splits was more of the reason. Is that is that accurate, or is there a, a different schematic reason behind having the corners play true sides? Yeah, that's one layer to it. There's a couple different layers that play into it, and without giving too much away, or regardless of you know what it may be, just for us is, and I'm, there's no hidden deals there. Um, they'll stay. You know, part of the scheme is to be able to do that, whether it's a matchup. You know, whether we're going to track guys, okay, he, you're going to stay with him. If that guy lined up on the same side, then we're going to stay on it. 
Um, it could be tempo where you don't want got corners crossing the field when you're going fast. Like you said, that's one thing. It could be the wide splits and one guy is going to be a better guy to the field on an ultra wide split than maybe he is to the boundary on a, on, on a max split that's a little closer to the quarterback. So there's a couple different things that we use in our tool shed um, in regards to defensively to put guys in the, in the most critical situations in the best spot. The other thing that stuck out was the tracking data showed you guys blitzed Logan Bonner only three times. Was that part of a game plan as well, or is that more of a symptom of, look, we got Adam Plant, we got Eliel Himmeray, we, we have some guys who can pressure without sending extra dudes? Uh, you know, a little bit of both. I mean, there's, there's some times where you feel like, uh, depending on how fast an offensive is getting the ball out of his hand, is it worth it? Was the squeeze worth the juice? Um, what's the protection plan they've got? What kind of op, what kind of what kind of pass game do they have? Are they are they attacking middle field? Is the ball on the edge? Um, can your three guys get home versus tackles and stuff like that? I mean, there's a little bit of, a little bit of everything there. Um, obviously, the way our front's been playing, we're pretty confident our guys getting after them. Um, and then in some of the schematics and passing game stuff, putting extra guys in coverage with that much space is, 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 could be advantageous. You saw the defense. You didn't blitz much, but there was one blitz that I thought was really effective from a pre-drop. Elijah Shelton late in the game uh, didn't get home quite, but it was one of those blitzes where I saw it and I was like, that would be a problem for an offensive coordinator seeing that blitz come up on film that just that this defense has the capacity to pull that out of the hat every now and then. Yeah, you know, there's there's a couple pieces of the defense that, that we've liked, and obviously I've, I've been fortunate to see those all the way back to the last stop we were at. Um, that kind of that lull you to sleep a little bit. It's kind of like what I probably the best way to put it, Caleb. You know, the quarterback sometimes can see guys that are in certain spots that don't look like they can pressure, and all of a sudden here it comes, and you know you got to you got to be ready. And uh, I think you guys saw it happen another time on maybe that first play of the second half of North Texas where Dre came from the field, and and all of a sudden it's like there he is. Um, there, there's some there's some things like that in disguise. There's things like that in leverage and and just the way the guys are playing with speed and, and and playing on a string allows for that because that guy can really feel like he can pull the pin and not feel like oh gosh I'm I, I feel like I'm a long way. He trusts the defense and so um, those are things about it that, that we like. It's a big game for takeaways for the defense. Let's listen to uh, some of the five interceptions. I think there's four in this that the Rebels got from Utah State. Long pass on the far side of the field and that pass is. Caught. Picked off. Picked off by the Rebels. Cam Oliver. First and 10 for Utah State. Bonner back to throw. Good protection. Waiting. Firing on the near side. Intercepted by the Rebels. Intercepted by Jare Williams. Two wideouts to the left. Two to the right. Back to throw on the play action. Pass intercepted. It's intercepted by the Rebels. Down to the 30-yard line. It's Austin Adjikay. And back to throw Bonner. Long pass down the middle of the field. And the pass is intercepted by Noel Williams. With a chance to Williams return. Williams going to run it back to the 5, to the 10. He's got 15, a convoy. 20. They eventually got him on that one. Uh, Utah State did. Uh, one interesting thing, and there were a lot of good stuff. Uh, there was lots of good stuff that Austin Ajake talked about. He actually mentioned on his interception, Coach, that uh, he was supposed to blitz on the play and decided not to. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's some situations there, like an example, that's, you know, where, and that can happen in a couple of different instances where guys get, got the opportunity to go. And if they don't, they've got some flexibility built into the, the defense or their calls um, to, to, to make it, to make it, to make a, uh, an educated decision to, to okay, I, I'm late to it. It's not good. The, the value isn't, is it worth it? I'm going to go back and, and get where I need to be on, on maybe the, the base call. So again, that's a guy who knows the system and knows what he can do. Um, he's got a green light to go if he gets it hit on time. If not, he knows where he needs to be. I think both of his interceptions on the season have put that same kind of instinct on display, right, where he's making the play out of a feel for what's happening in front of him. Um, but 
I got to bust the chops a little bit because I'm not seeing the former running back. Um, he's got, is he going to get one to the house? I mean, can he get it to the end zone? Man, I, I I know he's I know he's hungry to get in the end zone. I'm just I'm just sure as heck that he's that he's doing some of the stuff they're doing. They're doing such a good job of being prepared. Their practice habits are, are really good. They're being they're really deliberate. I think those all those are all things that add to the to the overall instinct and wisdom that these guys are playing with. And and, and just to be able to get the ball and give it back to us is right now proven to to be positive. So I'm not you know he starts stretching for the end zone and stuff. We might have another conversation about some of this stuff. <laughs> Don't get crazy. Paul is here. Soon it'll be time to fire up that furnace in your home. And if your heating system may have trouble coming out of its summer hibernation, give the Yes Man a call to get your system tuned up. Call Yes Air Conditioning and Plumbing at 702-888-4937. Visit them online at theyesmancan.com to set up an appointment today. We'll continue here on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. It comes down to pride. And even last year, we were we had a pretty good uh, goal line and, and fourth down defense, and it kind of carried over this year. I mean, it starts with the big guys up front. The D-line's been doing amazing this whole season, uh, whether it's fourth down or not. But especially when it's fourth down of us just just playing with pride and, and valuing the yard, not letting them get that extra yard and just making sure that we're running our feet on those fourth and ones so they're not falling forward for the first downs. It's the voice of Austin Ajake, one of the linebackers and uh, the Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Week for UNLV. So, Coach, I want you to react to uh, how you guys have been doing, especially the last couple weeks, on fourth downs and, you know, third and fourth, well, third and short. And it really is something that carries over from a, a mindset that uh, got in place last year. Yeah, and the last week's probably it's just a mindset. I mean, the, the toughness and intent, deliberateness of, of how you need to approach conversions in certain situations, I think says sends volumes about your team. And I think that if you watch uh, if you watch certain things, if you just to go out and watch somebody, I know now as a coach, you go out and watch certain things. Whether in any sport, there's certain situations or things like that that I that I really enjoy watching. Albeit maybe even how a team warms up, maybe even just watching how guys play special teams, how guys are in critical situations, specifically tough one, you know, short yardage, goal line. What's the what's the identity of a football team and, and, and how they are till you can see in some of that stuff portrayed in a lot of ways. And so to see our guys and, and to preach that stuff and to see it come to life, the way we coach, the way we act, uh, the way we talk, the way we do things, uh, to have it continue to show up and, and to be I think, third in the third of the conference and third down conversions. And then to have all these fourth down stops, it, it is an identity now. And I think there was a ton of pride in that. And we got to be really excited about that because there, there's a lot of stuff to, a lot of stuff that comes over and across when you do that stuff. And a lot of things that you notice is that when a linebacker like Austin had seven solo tackles uh, last mm-hmm. week against the Aggies, that says a lot about the D-line. Um, and he was unblocked on a couple of examples where he's knifing through the line of scrimmage um, in pursuit of the ball. But he also had some examples of uh, the knowledge and understanding of pursuit angles and the angle of the runner and things like that. He and Kyle, both from the inside linebacker position, put that on display as well. Can you speak to that? Um, aspect of the inside linebacker, as well as touch on the significance of, a, of an aggressive and solid defensive line uh, to the production of your inside linebackers. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, he had a heck of a game, but I think it, it goes back to kind of what you said, and we've said it, you know, said it this season a lot. Um, you know, all the guys knowing their, their 111th is an important deal, and I think that, that we do it on offense, we're doing it now on defense, um, uh, continue doing it on defense, and now guys are understanding, they're seeing the big picture. And what I mean by that is when the pressure's talked about or installed, the defensive line's included in the linebacker conversation in that 
D-tackle, you got to be where you got to be because I'm going to be over here. If you decide that you think because this is my call that you're going to go on freestyle, if you end up in my gap and I end up in my gap, we've got a free gap. And so the discipline and accountability that they all have to know where they're supposed to be and to hold each other accountable for that's a huge piece, man. And so when you're seeing it on these pressures or stunts and, and plays in the backfield or or uh, the ability to contain the runner and track him down and to use form tackles and to use some a lot of things that we're using really are just uh, 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 the preparation and the process of, of the defense all being tied together. And I think that Austin was obviously privy to a bunch of plays in that game because the, the other 10 guys did their job. Rebel fans, it's time for the Coach's Look Ahead, presented by Pueblo Medical Imaging. I'm going to ask a very elementary question. What is the triple option that you're facing against New Mexico? Well, I mean, you know, the option football is just, you know, in a, in a nutshell, just it's man-to-man on offense. You just got to make sure that you know who's got who. There's going to be an option element to the offense that they're going to try to isolate one guy and and be able to to take a two-on-one approach on that guy with the ball and, and play a game of, of – in layman keep away with that so uh in option football you got to make sure you know who's got who and you had a discipline to it because if you decide to be a hero and go after the other guy your guy's going to end up with the guy that's going to break a free play so um there's a ton of discipline and structure that goes into playing to playing an option offense um our defense is is going to be well prepared for that and i'm excited to see it there's going to be obviously some some bumps and bruises in it because that's just what the nature of it is when you don't see it every day it's different and so uh, I'm excited for our guys to do it. We got we got to see it another time this season. Um, there's a lot of option elements in college football now, but they're not on every down. And so um, we got to do a good job of being disciplined. You got to have good eye. You got to have good eye discipline because there's going to be some things that are going to present themselves a certain way, and there's going to be play action off. It's going to be exactly the same. And so you got to do a good job of being disciplined and fundamental. And then you got to do a good job just and you're doing your job. You're win eleventh because there's going to be all all eleven guys count now. And uh, it's not, it's not dropping back and being put in post-high safety and coverage now. Everybody's got somebody because that quarterback is live. Is there an extra challenge to preparing for an offense like this when you have one less day for preparation? Yeah, I, I think there can be. Um, you know, you, you don't see it a lot. you got to do a good job, you know, even in preseason, getting ready for stuff and taking a day and talking through it. But it's not the same as truly seeing it, getting filmed up and getting ready to roll. So, um, you know, we've got, we've got our hands full. I know, we know that. We've got a great defense coming in. We've got triple option football coming in. And uh, we got to be well prepared and do our job, man. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun Friday night. More breakdown of Lobo football, the opponent this week. Friday, UNLVTickets.com is where you can get your tickets for the game at Allegiant. It's an eight o'clock start, and we'll discuss the three three five defense. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Last few minutes of the show is the uh, coaches here with us: Marcus Arroyo, Caleb Herring, Steve Cofield. And John Von Tobel. John was just talking during the break about how uh, you know coaching uh, younger than Pop Warner. You uh, installed the three three five. So you want to fire this one, to coach? Well, I will. I'll let him take. The, I, I could explain the intricacies of the three three five that Rocky Long runs, but I'll let Mark. <laughs> I'll let Coach do that. Uh, I will say, um, you want to have success. Line up a defensive tackle over a center who's ten. Oh boy, uh, there's a lot of physicality there. Uh, so, coach, but like, what are the intricacies of a three three five that you guys are going to see on Friday? And like, a second part of that question, we don't seem to see. It a lot in football. Why is it not the case that this is a more prevalent defense in college football? Well, I mean, it, it is. There's a, there's a few more that have their uh, you know the, the cousins or, or nephews mm-hmm. or offspring of, the, of this defense around the country. I mean, Rocky got this thing started back. Like I said, it, I, I said this earlier this week to somebody. I, this was my when I was a starter, my first first year as a true freshman. 
at quarterback, I think Rocky's first year at New Mexico, he was there with Bronco Mendenhall. And I think that if I remember correctly the year, I got to look back at it, but Brian Erlacher was the, was what they called the Lobo guy. Who was that, who's that middle safety, that spoke safety, who basically is allowed to make every play on the football field. So, and he did um, <laughs> literally. And, uh, and so it's just different, man. It's, it's, it's different. They do a fantastic job. They're the, they're the, you know, he's the owner and operator and, and author of that defense. And so, uh, him and Danny do a fantastic job. It's just a little bit different, man. It's, it's ID and it different. Uh, they can change it up. Um, there's, there's a coverage element to it. That's different for the quarterback in his preview as far as seeing back, looking back there at the top end of it, um, pre-snap and post-snap can be a different deal. I mean, for years, these guys have just done a fantastic job with this defense, man. And, and so it's a pain. Um, we got our hands full. We got to be able to, to, to identify it and see what's going on, communicate up front. Um, he's got a bunch of returning starters and, and uh, they've done a fantastic job with this defense for years. I, I too have experienced the Rocky Long three three five, and I tell you, it gave me nightmares. I just couldn't figure it out. And I think <laughs> I did. It was probably the biggest thing you mentioned. It. It's not common. It's getting more common these days. But usually, you're seeing a four three, maybe a three four every now and then um, at this level. But to see a three three five, just seeing it on film, identifying who's what or who's the lobo, who's my outside linebacker versus a safety, I think was the biggest challenge. And it, it got to the point for me, at least where I was just like, let's just full slide protection, get the ball out quick, and we'll, we'll roll from there, right? As a coach, right. when you're preparing for this defense, with the understanding that your players have to be able to identify it, is there a, a hesitancy or maybe a tendency, I should say, to try to simplify the game plan in that way so it's, there's less thinking involved and less having to ID as the game unfolds? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely a piece of that. There's that, that, that complements also a short week. I mean, um, you know, you got to get guys ready to go and it's a short week. So you got to be able to hang your head on, on some of the stuff that just your system does. And so uh, I think there's confidence in that and what we're doing, the way we're moving the ball. Um, but we know that we've got a good challenge here. You got to be able to, you know, they've that three down and four down and all those different looks and being on an idea, you got to be able to drive in a, in a, in a stick and driving an automatic, you know, you got to be able to jump into a standard sometimes and, and move it around the clutch. And then sometimes you got to be able to coach go into your, your automatic and, and to do that's hard, man. It's hard when you're in college to teach some of that stuff. You've got it. There's a delicate balance to what you ask your guys to do versus it. And, uh, and I think sometimes you, you just got to make sure you're smart in what you ask guys to do. Like you said, it's, there's, there's some things we got to be able to, to function with and uh, our guys got to do a good job of, of executing and, 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 and adjusting. I think that's the one thing that we've mentioned this year too, is we've, we've done a good job in games of adjusting to some certain things that are happening both on both sides, all three phases of the ball. And, uh, and we're going to have to do that in this game. There's going to be some looks. He's got a, there's usually a of the day um, type of deal. That means he's always got a little something in his pocket that's new that you haven't seen. So you're going to have to be able to draw that up and identify it and get that picked up. Um, so it's, it's going to be a fun Friday night, man. Marcus Aurea Radio Show is brought to you by Intermountain. Intermountain Healthcare is here to be part of your Las Vegas life, and they're here to help you live an even healthier one. Intermountain Healthcare, official healthcare partner of UNLV Athletics. Shotgun. Handoff, Robbins, throw a hole, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, down to the five-yard line. So that was one of the great runs by Aiden Robbins. And, Caleb, I know you wanted to build on this because it's looking like the offense can be more multifaceted, really throw some surprises at people. That was a third and nine, right, Caleb? Yeah, I believe it was third and nine there. There was also, a, I think, a third and 12 that Courtney Reese was able to convert on the ground. And, you know, you, you've mentioned that just because you call the run doesn't mean you're not being aggressive, but – when an offense can convert on third down on the ground, what kind of flexibility as a, as a coordinator, as, a, as an offensive mind, does that open up for a playbook? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, just my opinion, I think it's, it's important because your scheme that has, you know, there's some complements and, and components which make it tough to defend. I think um, scheme is vital to the plan and preparing and, and communication amongst the staff and players in, in situations that, hey, maybe you see something as a coach or we see something in game. We're like, hey, this is what this is what the plan is going to be a little bit outside the box. And you get guys to understand why you're doing it. I think we do a good job of that. Um, where you and the reason I say that is because because it may be unconventional to think about that. You may have a, something you, uh, that's a standardized play for first and second down, and as soon as you tell the guys you're going to run it on third and ten, they may look at you like you got five heads. Like, are you serious, coach? And you're like, here's why. You know, and I think we build those pictures and we make sure our guys trust in it. They see it. They're like, oh, okay, I get it. That's why we're doing that. And and some of those things came to came to light. You know, last last week there was a couple different uh, packages or fronts that 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 I liked, and I said if I got those, we were going to do this and. And we did. And uh, and that's every week. There's going to be certain things like that where if we see something, we're like, all right, this is going to be the plan. And maybe outside the box a little bit, but um, there, there, there's 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 a method to the madness most of the time. And uh, and hopefully, it, you know, you just hope it works out. Most important question going into this game against New Mexico. Does the sweaty, crusty Rebs hat make another appearance on your dome? Man, that, that you guys are giving the, the hat, the hats. You guys are got to boost this dome. thing up. You yeah, guys yeah. are, you're, you guys are blowing up the the crust. That thing's got a lot of dark hours in it, man. I, I can't put that to sleep. There's nothing worse than going out there with a tag on your hat. Like here we go. I'm not, I, I'm not from that neck of the woods, man. That thing's got some work in it. There's some there's some sweat equity in that 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 thing, man. So yeah, you'll see that crusty thing again. I got a couple of them too, so you may not realize it's it's a new crust. <laughs> All right. We didn't know. We didn't know there were multiple hats. Yeah, yeah. There's, both, there's multiple brownies out there. Multiple sweat, sweat inflicted Vegas hats. I like it. UNLVtickets.com is where you get your tickets for New Mexico and UNLV on Friday. Coach, we appreciate it. Thank you. We'll see you later in the week. See you guys later. There he is, Marcus Arroyo for Caleb for JVT. Danny, great job engineering. I'm Steve Cofield. You've been listening to the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield.